Hello and welcome to a musical episode of Hollywood Chop Shop. We are your cinema mechanics, Brent Mosier and Travis Santana, and today we will be <laughs> today we'll be wrapping up our tune-in trilogy, which consisted of none other than 2006's Casino Royale, 1984's Footloose, and 1997's Men in Black. So anybody who is coming in for the first time with this, um only listened to a couple of movies essentially we did a trilogy where each movie had a a song that was written for that movie so casino royale was i don't remember the name of it was you know my name yeah yes ironic like, that you didn't remember the name uh you know my name by chris cornell who was made famous and what is it Soundgarden? and what was it before that it was no Soundgarden was first and then Sound- audio slave audio later. slave that's right um then you had Kenny Loggins did Footloose for Footloose. Three times, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> and then Will Smith, not very topical that Will Smith, but Will Smith wrote Men in Black for Men in Black, <laughs> which did not appear until the end credits, which I guess makes sense with the way that movie was structured. I don't know how you would have got <laughs> got that song in to make sense um well i mean you could have put it in a music box like footloose did true fucking so dumb so dumb <laughs> but travis before we get too far into our segments um we look start looking at these objectively and subjectively just overall what did you think of this trilogy i don't want to say i i I, I was pleasantly surprised which i shouldn't be because i remember men in black being very good uh, again, as I talked about on the episode, I think the sequels kind of detracts from its legacy. Um, and Casino Royale, I I placed it second behind Skyfall. Um, both of those movies were a little bit better than I expected. I expected mm-hmm. good. I got great, borderline great, probably in the case of Casino Royale. And then Footloose, I, like we discussed, it it exceed. I just associated with a tractor scene and <laughs> Kenny Loggins footloose. Those are the only two things I knew going in. I was pleasantly surprised by that movie. Uh, we both agreed. I think it, it still had a lot of wasted potential, but it was better than it had any right to be. So this trilogy as a whole, I was, uh, I was very impressed. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I, um, I went in remembering loving casino Royale. And if I'm honest, I, there's a controversy ahead. Not really. Um, I might like Casino Royale a little bit less than when I rem- like my memory of it is stronger than rewatching it. I still loved it. Like don't don't get me wrong, I still think it's a fantastic movie, but I think I enjoyed that movie more the first time I watched it. Footloose completely blew me away. I was expecting that to be one of those movies that we just trash and dog on for, you know, an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and a half, and it wound up being a much more healthy conversation about how much potential that movie had. Um, like I said, I think if they'd swapped out a couple dance scenes and, and put in a little bit more character development with some of those characters, that could have been just an absolute top-notch movie. And then Men in Black was one of those, I remember loving that movie and re-watching it, loved it even more. Wound up having an even deeper appreciation for that movie. So overall, I, I really did enjoy this trilogy. This was one of those that we really didn't have a dud in the bunch, that it was just three solid weeks of, of good movie viewing. And 
another thing this trilogy made me realize, both in a meta sense for just the Hollywood Chop Shop and Hollywood in general, I think we should try to rotate in more comedies because I found with the more dramatic movies that we both love, something like Drive, there's less to talk about because just by nature, it's it's a different kind of movie. But when you have something like Men in Black, which is it's giving you something every 30 seconds, every minute you're getting something new, something entertaining. There's a lot to talk about. Um, and with comedy in general, I think you just you can expound upon that and enjoy it much more, even when it's bad. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I. Men in Black really reinvigorated my interest in revisiting some older comedies. So I, I hope that we can mix some of those in. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Uh, I think it's funny. Our next trilogy has two family-friendly movies in it, which we haven't done in a while. So I can't wait to see how, how that breakdown is. The next thing I feel like rotation is we have to get another Western out there. We haven't done Western in a while because we were very Western heavy at the beginning of this uh, this show. Um about a year ago so with that said i don't know if you want to go into any more high level here or if we want to just kind of jump into our our objective and subjective takes on the movies what are your thoughts yeah let's jump into objective subjective if if anything comes up we'll get into it mm -hmm. so as we do these wrap-ups we always like to break up the objective and subjective rankings because we all know out there you know there's those movies you just Guilty pleasures. You know, am I going to say that the movie Kung Pao was better than the movie Godfather? No, because it's not. Would I rather watch Kung Pao than The Godfather? Absolutely. So that's a great example of why we like to try and break this objective of a subjective because I think so often people just rank movies. And I think it's easier if we just split the two and, and stop trying to, to weigh that. So with that, I think we'll just we'll start with objectively what we thought in this trilogy was the best movie down to what we thought was the weakest link. Travis, would you like to start us off? Uh, objectively speaking, right? Yeah, objectively speaking, would you like to go first? Objectively, I would like to go first so that what I would you like to do figuratively, speak though? Two chicks at the same time. Figuratively. Whatever. Are we doing office space you. now? <laughs> uh objectively look i think i don't know my exact words but on the men in black review i i think i literally said for me it usurped back to the future as the most perfect script i've ever seen filmed so there's no way i'm not i can't objectively place that number one that that, that seems clear to me uh, number two, Casino Royale. Number three, Footloose. Although I would say the gap between Casino Royale and Footloose, if you would have told me that I would consider those two movies objectively as even mm -hmm. being in the same ballpark before we reviewed them, I would have called you crazy. It wouldn't be a stretch if somebody took Footloose objectively more than Casino Royale, but I didn't. I still have Footloose bringing up the rear. What about mm -hmm. you? I'd agree. Uh, I think Men in Black is damn near a perfect movie. Um we talked about it a little bit. I think if we had given Jay maybe... I think it would be indisputable if you gave Jay a little bit more backstory. So there, it's it's more clear what his character arc is. I think that's the only thing somebody can try and knock that movie for is you don't have... It's not as clear what his arc is. I think he still has one. It's just not beat you over the head super apparent. Um, 
So by far my my number one objective movie sub, or the next I'm still gonna put Casino Royale. I think my gap between that and Footloose are probably a little bit wider than yours, but I think Casino Royale has has decent pacing. It's got great action. My biggest flaw with Casino Royale is the six different endings that we have to go through, and it just felt like as that movie started to conclude itself, they didn't quite know where they were going with it. They wanted to set up future movies. They needed to wrap up the love story because you can't have James Bond fall in love with the love of his life in the first movie. So I'm not sure why they even kind of started going down that path. Um, so it just wound up being that that movie winds up ending several times. And I think it just it gets a little old for me, like even going. I also think it's a very long movie, which, you know, will also knock movies for that. Granted, I don't think I don't think footloose was that much shorter footloose is an hour and 47 oh no it is and casino royale is, is two hours and 24 minutes so you've got what a solid 45 ish minutes on casino royale i think casino royale is, is a little longer than it needs to be i mean the way the first hour of the movie is is a prologue to the rest of the movie so i just think that casino royale winds up kind of tripping over itself a little bit still an absolutely wonderful movie great ride i just there are definitely times where if you had to sit and if you had to watch that movie in two sittings i get it especially because of how it's broken up it's almost like you'd be like okay prologue's done i'll come back and we'll finish up the second hour and 47 minutes of this movie um and then lastly footloose uh you know, there's a lot of the teenage angst that I think was that became very popular after this movie kind of was, you know, the epicenter of that genre really kind of taking off. But at the end of the day, it just it's it was a fun movie, but it's almost worse that it was so close to being a great movie because you're like they're just like if someone else had gotten a hold of that script, would they have been able to like, no, we're not going to do the weird punch dancing in the barn we're going to replace that with some actual like scenes about Rin and his background. And again, more focus on, I think the father, the the Reverend Shaw, I think really should have been more of a focus in that movie. And you really nailed it on the footloose review. When there's the dinner table, uh, the dinner table scene between Rin and Shaw And we kind of just, as the audience, arrive in the last five seconds of the conversation. And it's a tremendous miss. Like you said, if you're going for an Oscar, that was your Oscar winning scene. And you decided to have it off camera so that you could have more dance montages. So, yeah, that's unforgivable. And I wonder if it's one of those things where it's like they just knew that they their strength was not writing that kind of dialogue. So rather than trying to create, you know, romantic dialogue like George Lucas does and failing miserably at it, they just decided to not have the scene and have the audience come in and assume what happened. Yeah, that's fair. But again, Brett, you did about 75 percent of the script writing for them in a review when you said just have Ren say my father physically left. You've emotionally and spiritually left your daughter. Some something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Again, give us twenty minutes, Brett. We could polish up something decent enough that would be better than the parallel bars. Yeah. <laughs> Where do they get that? I mean, I just said, what is the insurance you have as a school? I mean, falling off a parallel bar is. I mean, there's got to be a ton of liability there. Because well, they were, also, it wasn't after God school. Yeah, I mean, thank God they're also installed in the grain mill 
mm-hmm. for some reason. You know, it's kind of like in Star Wars where there's the random, you know, pit of death on the spaceship for no reason. <laughs> yeah, we've got these parallel bars in this grain mill. All the controls to the shield generator are on, are on a ledge down a giant pit with no railing whatsoever. I'm yes, not quite sure yes. who came up with this construction, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I would say that would be my objective ranking. Um, now we jump into subjective. Uh, I'm looking at you. Is it, did, did, did it change for you, or is your objective and subjective the same this week? Uh... I've just I I honestly I've been doing a back and forth with myself all day. So do you do you want me to just get into my subjective real quick? Yes. So you I'll give you credit Brett as a movie viewer, you are much more flexible in your genre. I feel like you can enjoy any any genre as long as you think that it's well done. You can give a movie 5 stars, no problem. Mm-hmm. If if you feel it earned it. Me, I, I gotta be honest. If, if, if you've listened to reviews historically, you're a man of the, the people, Travis. Okay, you review it the way the the common man would review. All right, and I appreciate that. Uh, maybe the modern caveman, because if there's not any, if there's not any true violence, if there's not any sort of, you know, real world cynical view. Here's what I'll say. If you introduce graphic violence that's that's well staged, if you insert a cynical worldview, you've already earned two stars out of my four star review. So you get a giant head start. So something like Casino Royale, I know it's PG-13, but as we talked about, it felt like R at times. Mm-hmm. I, I think we agreed that there were a couple of scenes where we're like, wow, I'm so, I mean, a man gets his testicles pounded. Yeah. Um, so that movie already starts so far ahead of Men in Black, because while I, I like sci-fi, sci-fi comedy typically does not do it for me. There's there's mm-hmm. a few few examples. Galaxy Quest, of course. But all that being said, Casino Royale botches the third act so much <laughs> that I can't in good faith rank it above Men in Black, which does everything that it sets out to do. What it sets out to do may not fit my personal taste perfectly Mm -hmm. but they did it perfectly and if one third of your movie is kind of a train wreck and it feels slapdash compared to what came before i can't i can't give you the nod so subjective is the exact same order all right fair enough i thought i thought you were gonna do a switcheroo on me there so uh i have to agree this is one of those weeks where subjectively i would i would love i would I am actually buying Men in Black because I I used to own this and for a reason I didn't. I I guess I had a DVD, but I'm replacing what was long lost with a, you know, the HD 4K whatever the hell it is these days. <clears throat> um but yeah, I forgot how much how much I truly love that movie. And then uh, Casino Royale I, I would watch that over Footloose. I think Footloose is one of those films if somebody says I've never seen it and wants to put it on, I'm not going to say no to it. But I don't see myself actively going to watch Footloose again. I'm definitely glad that I watched it uh, and I have that frame of reference and, and appreciation for that movie. But it's certainly not one that I'm going to feel the need to go back and watch, especially knowing that it it's it just falls a little bit short of being fantastic. It's like, all I'm going to do now, the next time I watch it is think about 
what oh in this scene they could have done this in this scene they could have done this so all of it's going to be is me basically picking it apart honestly my second viewing might be worse because now all i'm trying to do is make it to the movie i knew it could have been by the end of the first viewing yeah you're gonna be in your head rewriting the movie the whole time mm -hmm. like you know pace wise here's here's what i would have done instead and that's no way to enjoy a movie absolutely so now that we have that over um I, th I think it's we can either do the critics and people's choice or we can do our character swap i don't know if we want to do a character swap for a, a palette cleanser before we get into more looking at at how people rank these movies yeah i think just to break up the the ranking vibe uh we can dedicate a couple minutes to character swap i don't think either of us really went super in depth but so yeah uh, right. you want to lead it off uh sure my <laughs> so my character swap i decided that i wanted to alter uh -oh. let me just say if you fucking stole my character swap brett i'll you never gave, let you, you go gave first me, again you let me I go know. first you gave and it that's to me. my mistake i just realized it after i said it but if you steal it you're never going first again just know that <laughs> all right fair enough too soon um so what i wanted to do was at the end at the first ending of casino royale on the ship when uh the mysterious did i steal your okay no i'm i'm seeing a sigh of relief all right so when the mysterious stranger was it mr white comes in i actually want to replace mr white with agent k and agent j so what winds up happening is we find out Lashif is actually an alien who has been putting together all this stuff. And when he comes in and notices, no, 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 I'm I'll, I'm you know, I, I'm good for it. I'm good for it. Agent J and Agent K wind up shooting him and his head explodes into blue goo because he's an alien. Right. And James was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what is happening? And then it also gives a little more perspective to Lashif talking about torture, like, you know, torturing humans is no isn't isn't difficult. He just you smash him on the testicles. That's all you got to do. Like, I don't need to do anything super elaborate. So they come in. You know, obviously, Bond is just confused, doesn't know what the hell is going on. You have Agent J and Agent K use the neuralizer on him. And then the next scene is him waking up in the hospital. Not quite oh. sure. So he's like, not sure how he got out or explaining like you. So, you know, when you've got was it? Um, oh, damn it. What's his name? Merrick or Manic or Mathis? Mathis. Thank you. I think it was someone when Mathis is like, so you don't remember who it was? He clearly he doesn't because he was neuralized. Oh. So that's that was my character swap for this week. Oh, fucking brilliant. <laughs> fucking brilliant. Because it, it fills a big logic gap in Casino Royale because I'm like, wait, what happened after? Like, who <laughs> released Bond? How did he get back to the? Well, oh, it, it off air, folks. He said that he kind of last minute remembered he had to do this. And yet Brett comes up with this. So well done, Brett. Yeah, oh. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. So, yeah, that is that is my character swap for the two and in trilogy. Tough act to follow, but I'm going to try. Uh, so my character swap, I went with uh does the name Andy Bemis mean anything to you, Brett? No, it doesn't. It shouldn't, Brett, because I it took me a while to figure out what this character's name was in the movie. But if I gave him the alias of the spirit of the town of Beaumont. 
Do you oh, know who I would be referring oh, to? Oh, okay, I do. Yep. Yeah. You you can probably easily guess it. We're putting Tommy Lee Jones as Agent K in that role because number one, nobody can play a mentor like Tommy Lee Jones. Maybe mm-hmm. Liam Neeson, but Liam Neeson then turns out to be sinister. So scratch him from the record. Mm-hmm. Spoilers for Batman Begins. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna have Agent K played by Tommy Lee Jones be. Ren's boss in Footloose Uh, because number one let me just here's the surface level reason I'm going to read some dialogue that Andy aka the spirit of Beaumont has he says well I figure if the Beaumont fire trucks can't cross these tracks then neither can the long arm of the law now imagine Tommy Lee Jones saying that Mm -hmm. and then Ren says yeah what about the long arm of Reverend Moore uh, you remember he said uh, if you could find a way to convince him, it wouldn't be a spiritual corruption. He'd think about it. So make him think about it. Like Tommy Lee Jones delivering that mm-hmm. five stars. But then I was also thinking, and I'm glad that you went with Lashif as an alien, because I think certain members of the town of Beaumont are aliens, Brett. <laughs> All these people burning books. It feels like they're trying to set human society back. Well, why would they be trying to set human society back? but to make them weaker for an alien invasion. And Agent K, he's not sure if the Reverend is an alien too. Has he has he been converted? Has he always been an alien? He's going to use his relationship with Ren to kind of suss that out, to determine does he have to take care of the Reverend as well, or is he one of the good people? Well, it turns out, of course, he's one of the good people. If you want to bring in another sci-fi comedy into this universe, Mars Attacks, like what kills them at the end is the music. Isn't it grandma's music? So like at this point, maybe they're trying to stop music and dancing because it actually pains them as aliens. It's been so long since I've seen Mars Attacks. I did not remember that plot point at all. But there you go, Brett. You got the Midas touch. You just touch up my script just a little bit. (laughs) now suddenly we've created a new cinematic universe <laughs> who knew footloose men and black and mars attacks all existed in the same dimension <laughs> you know i the 22 jump street stuff fell through so they're like wait what other ip can we mine footloose funny enough <laughs> oh tentacle loose i'm still can't believe you did not have an extension of life did not was not your uh your chop shop for footloose yeah, you know, I, I'll i have a few more cliffhangers out there. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. I assume at this point you just don't remember what they are. So we need as a faithful audience uh, member to, to assemble your cliffhangers I tell for you. you. The, the one that I really want to revisit, and I don't know how I could possibly do it, is the one from Bullet. My cliffhanger from Bullet is still my all-time favorite. Having Bullet find the duffel bag full of guns and a fake ID and just it's over. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know how to revisit this. Because, I mean, the True Detective Christmas one, I just have to wait till next Christmas, you know? Uh, yeah, and the Willy Wonka one, you just have to wait for us to do Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, so. Which wasn't the Willy Wonka one. Didn't I turn that into, like, Heart of Darkness in the, the producers? Wasn't the I think producers so, yeah. The one that, yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, the Gene Wilder connection. Yeah, God, I've done some wild shit. <laughs> some wilder shit? Oh, boy. All right. I think two fantastic character swaps. Uh, I honestly think I might have to make a shirt that just says the spirit of uh, the spirit of bear. Uh, uh, was it Babe? Beaumont? Beaumont, and just have Andy Bemis on it. 
<laughs> it'll be a sure it'll be a sure that no one gets ever and like people if i ever get stopped it's like is that from footloose i'm like yes yes it is <laughs> i would honestly i would carry a 20 dollar bill around in my wallet because i know i would never have to take it out but in the event that somebody that wasn't you brett approached me i'd be like you know what here you go congratulations yep. you're either a huge fan or you really love footloose <laughs> um all right so now we'll do our objective i guess you could say objective subject i don't know what the fuck you would call it. this is just our critics and people's choice awards so using rotten tomatoes as our uh rating system because it's a pass fail system which is why we like to use it travis what i need you to do is rank for me what you think we'll start with critics what you ranking you think these movies were in according to the critics and you get bonus points if you can get you know plus or minus three three percentage points to uh to what it was ranked at do you want to know how many critic reviews each of them have will the number influence your decision it will not okay so of 2006's Casino Royale, 1984's Footloose, and 1997's Men in Black, what do you think the official Rotten Tomatoes critic ratings are? Order. Uh, I'm going to be boring, unfortunately, because I think it's going to be the same order that we have drilled into this uh, this wrap-up already. So Men in Black, Casino Royale, Footloose, one to three. Final Final answer? Final answer. You would be wrong. Oh, God damn it. I wondered if the Bond fucking prestige would jack up that rating. It is Casino Royale, Men in Black, and Footloose, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Do you want to guess percentages on those films? I have to assume that Casino Royale is incredibly high because I don't... If Men in Black has under a 90, I'm really going to start questioning my own sanity. So I'll say people were just so glad that it wasn't Pierce Brosnan in Invisible Car that it has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. You're looking at a 94. Okay. Okay. Men in Black. Again, I said it. If it comes below a 90, I'm going to go look in the mirror after this podcast. So I'll say 90% on the nose. 92. Ooh, okay. Even, thank God. Thank God. 92. Footloose. Mind you, 1984. So I want to make sure we're not talking about the remake that happened in the 2000s. Yeah. Um. Seventy nine percent. Fifty two. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's that's certified rotten then, isn't it? It is certified rotten. Damn. Okay. I guess they did not see the potential that we saw. Uh, Well, I don't know. Roger Ebert, your boy, Roger, his uh, his one sentence review is Footloose is seriously confused movie that tries to do three things and does all of them badly. So. I think we gave it more credit because we saw the potential and he knocked it because he's also for the same reason. Yeah, that's fair. I'd have to read his entire review, but on the surface, that's fair. Yep. So and he reviewed that in 2004. 
But uh, yep. So there we have it. Now the fun part: the people, Travis. The people. What do you think they ranked these movies? Now I'm questioning myself on what the number one movie is going to be. I think. I think I've said this on other wrap ups. I think expectation is key. I, I mentioned in my subjective review, if a movie's going to deliver me well shot violence and a nihilistic worldview, it's already got a head start. I think people going into Bond, especially Casino Royale, which is the you know the third or fourth reboot of Bond, they knew what they were getting into. They were probably pleasantly surprised by how gritty it was, you know, in line with something like Bourne. So I'll say it's number one. Men in Black, number two, Footloose, number three. All right, your order is correct. Do you want to guess audience percentages? 94 for Bond, 89 for Men in Black, 81 for Footloose. 90 for Bond, 79 for Men in Black, what? And 71 for Footloose. All three of them having more than 250,000 ratings. I don't I don't I don't know what you're looking for for Men in Black that you could walk away and be even mildly disappointed. I, I don't I don't get that. Can you can you pick out a negative review? Are you able to? Uh, read this is reviews? a negative critic. This is a, a one one sentence review. Men in Black is moderately amusing, well-constructed, and mercifully short, but it fails to deliver on the zaniness of its first half. But the, the pug scene comes in probably close to the third act of the movie, does it not? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, tone... Uh, I, I don't understand. Who, who was that critic? Let's name-check him. John Hartle of the Seattle Times. John Hartle, you're no friend of this show. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, that's for the most know, that's part. What we people agreed. It with was us, so yeah. consistent the whole runtime. Yeah. It was consistent. I'm sorry, yeah. it wasn't gone with the wind as far as length goes. Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting. I don't know, but that's that is where they land in accordance to Rotten Tomatoes. I, uh, sadly, I mean, you'd be disappointed to see IMDb isn't, isn't much better. Casino Royale came in at a solid 8.0 out of 10. Footloose was a 6.6 .6 out of 10. And Men in Black was a 7.3 out of 10. You know what I think that really tells me? The only sense I can make of it, and which is why I hate fucking big budget Hollywood movies now. It proves that if you have an existing IP that's well known, you you already have a head start. Mm -hmm. Because there's no way that you can compare Casino Royale Men in Black objectively, just, you know, quality of script, quality of acting, quality of action, quality of comedy, and say that Casino Royale is that much better, but all of the good things about Casino Royale are stapled to James Bond, a big name A-plus IP. Whereas Men in Black, I know you said it was a comic, but I didn't know it was a comic. 
Mm-hmm. And if I didn't know it was a comic, I know the great majority of, of moviegoers, especially in the late 90s, did not know it was a comic. Yeah. So it I, was, I feel like you just get half a star for having a, a known IP. Yeah, it was the highest ranked of all of them. Men in Black 2 came in at 6.1, Men in Black 3, 6.8, and Men in Black International, 5.6 <laughs> on IMDb. So... I still, I think the worst part of Men in Black International is just knowing that that was supposed to be 23 Jump Street. I still can't believe that that was a possibility that it was never made because Jonah Hill and, and Channing Tatum would have been so much better. <laughs> yeah, and I think technically we can thank North Korea for that, right? I'm not sure why what, what happened. Uh, the the plans for that movie got leaked in the Sony hack, which was due to oh. them releasing that James Franco movie. Mm. Which I'm sure they're glad in hindsight that they caped up for James Franco. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, sir. Do you have any final words on this tune-in wrap-up? Uh, normally, I would put a, a movie quote here. Uh, but instead, I'm just going to quietly pull up behind you in your pickup in my pickup truck, Brett, and uh, give you some sage advice. It's, what, are you going to give me the sage advice, too? Is it the, no, a just person like is smart, it, but people gonna, are dumb. <laughs> it's going to occur off screen. Brett. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. So well, everybody... it's implied. It's implied what I told you, but it was very yeah. important. So you just pulled up and let me out of your truck is what just happened. And I say, thank you for the advice, sir. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Old, wise spirit of Beaumont. Oh, boy. Uh, so uh, just, you know, housekeeping and all that. Our next trilogy is going to be the body swap trilogy, which will start with uh, Freaky Friday, early 2000s Freaky Friday. Then we're going to follow that up with Detective Pikachu, which I told Travis I was going to force him to watch. So that one's going to be a fucking year ago. Going back to the start Mm -hmm. of this podcast, Brent was like, I've been planning it for a million years. Mm -hmm. You're going to watch Detective Pikachu. I look forward to seeing your perspective because I obviously was unable to take off my nostalgia goggles with it. I already know glaring issues with the movie that I'm sure we will discuss, but I am very much looking forward to that. And then... Nostalgia Tino, really? goggles for what? Pokemon. Oh, well, that's the good thing for this audience. I know dick all about Pokemon. <laughs> oh, and then uh, we're going to finish up those after those two, you know, nice family friendly comedies uh, with Face Off uh, starring Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. So I cannot wait to see <laughs> what comes of that trilogy. But that's what we got up. And then in addition to that, this week we should be starting our uh, cantina side hustle side podcast um, where we are going to be reviewing the obi-wan kenobi series week by week so i look forward to that i um i am cautiously optimistic at this point i'm not even cautiously i'm like i'm fully invested in obi-wan i'm i'm ready to be let down um so unfortunately right now disney has the high ground I'm ready to dance on your... Well, actually, not dance on your grave, Brett. I'm ready to leave you on the hills of Mustafar with no <laughs> legs and a missing arm because uh, I'm very... <laughs> I grow more nervous by the day mm. about the quality of the show, but we'll see. We'll see. I do, too. I just... I want it to be... I want it to be good so bad. 
Ugh. I just feel like by the end of it, I'm just going to be screaming, I hate you, to Disney. So, but uh, we'll see. I mean, I feel like the marketing has been weird because all I've heard about lately is like, oh, there's going to be the rematch of a century with Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader. I'm like, is it though? We know how it has to end. Like, best case scenario, Obi-Wan cuts off a couple of his robot limbs again. But like, at the end of the day... Unless they're going to try and sit there and say, like, the big gash he has in his head at the end of Return of the Jedi is another, like, battle wound from Obi-Wan. And I hope to God they don't go down that route. Um, But you know Obi-Wan's not going to get killed. Like, that's the problem going into something like that is, like, you know how it ends, you know? So. Yeah, I mean, you could technically say that about the prequels. Yeah, but you knew he was going to get his ass cut up at the prequels. (laughs) True, true. Uh, but yeah, so that's what we got coming up. Hopefully we will see you all, you know, uh, with the, with the next set of reviews. I'm just excited about the Dunlop tire sponsorship. (laughs) Uh, yeah, we have a, a a special guest coming in to help us with our Obi-Wan Kenobi review. So, uh, God only knows what's going to happen. So yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, a, a true wild card has been it has you know been has been played. So, yeah, thank y'all very much, and we will see you next week. <laughs>